Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con Report wherever you get your podcast. You can watch it on YouTube, like button, subscribe button. You know the deal. You can find us there as part of Empire Media, A-M-P-I-R-E. Always, always, always much appreciated when you do tune into the show. So today is Friday. That means predictions and keys to the game. There are three keys to the game, but I'm going to give you a fourth and start off with this one. It's all about Carson Wentz. Before I get there, let's get to the injuries because it's a big deal, I think, for this game. Defensive end, uh, Casey Tuhill and defensive tackle, Daniel Wise, both ruled out for the game already on Friday. Tuhill with a concussion, Wise with a high ankle sprain. Neither one is a big surprise. Uh, the other addition to the list was linebacker David Mayo is now questionable with an ankle injury. Defensive end, James Smith-Williams, also questionable with an abdomen injury. Smith-Williams felt confident on Thursday that he'd be able to go. We'll see. They always feel confident early in the week. We'll see what happens on Sunday. My guess is probably a game time decision, but that would be they need to have him in there considering they're now thin at, along the defensive line. That's going to be a problem spot on Sunday. So let's get to oh a couple more things. Um, Cole, excuse me, Cam Curl, he will play. That's not a surprise either, given what we've known all week, but it's but he's not even on the injury list. He's going to play. Cole Turner, the tight end, for people who have been wondering about him and asking about him, where is he? When's he going to play? Keep this in mind. They use three tight ends, and they keep three tight ends active in a game. So you obviously got Logan Thomas and John Bates. Well, the third tight end right now is Armani Rodgers, and he's playing well, especially especially on special teams. That's a big key. If you're going to be the third tight end, you better do well there. He is. That's probably why he's going to stay active and why Cole Turner may stay inactive for the foreseeable future. until And this allows Turner to get caught back up with the offense. Right now, they're okay. They are clearly okay without him because you got Thomas, who is improving, getting back from the ACL, and Bates, who's very solid and excellent blocker. And if they need to have a third tight end, you can put Rodgers in there. I think as Turner gets more acclimated to the offense, I think that will help him. It was a big deal for him missing as much time as he did during the summer. So let's get a, for a minute or so on Carson Wentz. And obviously, this is going to be a big game for him. He... He has talked about this game with teammates. He talked about it during the summer with them when he'd just be out golfing or whatever. And he would tell them, like, you know, he's a highly competitive guy, so he doesn't want to put extra significance on this one. Those were just private conversations, not just what he says publicly. But they also know what happened there. He also, you know, they're well, that he and they are well aware of what this game means. And every player, every anybody who's ever gone against someone that they Came, a place they came from is going to have a little extra juice. And I think as he he's even told some teammates that, yeah, he'd have a little extra oomph for this one. There's no doubt about that. I mean, he's, he's, he's only human. So, but what he can't do is then take that and try and win the game himself. He needs to do what he's done the first two games and make good decisions. Yeah, there've been a couple picks. That's going to happen. 
There's also been seven touchdown passes, and the picks result from not as much bad decisions as it was maybe a late throw, an unlucky situation where Trayvon Walker makes an unbelievable pick. And yes, Wentz could have probably handled it a little bit better, but but give Walker a lot of credit on that one. And then the overthrow to Thomas missed it by a little bit, but it was an overthrow, and that's something he's had an issue with. But again, it wasn't a bad decision. Wentz has made good decisions since he's been here, and he needs to continue doing that on Sunday and let the talent around him be the guide. Let them win the game for him or let them move the ball on offense with those receivers. He doesn't have to force it. There have been times where I know he, you know, the knock is that he holds the ball too long. And there are other times where I've seen it where if he had held the ball a little bit longer, then this in-breaking route to Jahan Dotson is open. But this happened last week. Instead, he threw the ball down to a check down to Antonio Gibson, gets eight to 10 yards, could have had 15 to 20 with Dotson, but he did, but it was more about is he try, he didn't want to force it in there. So he didn't, and he picks up yards anyway. So he needs to continue doing that. Don't make it personal. Make it about the talent around you, and you'll be okay. Clearly, the Eagle fans and attendants are going to be going for him, which is kind of funny because you they've got a good quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Things are rolling for them. I don't know. It's kind of, well, I guess I understand, but it's still a little bit um, weird that they're going to focus so much on beating Wentz as much as it is. Just get to your team being 3-0, but you know what? That's fandom. That's life. Anyway, let's move on to the other keys of the game. Number one, be disciplined. The If you're not disciplined against Jalen Hurts, he's going to hurt you. And that, it starts with the eyes. It also is about doing your job. So if your eyes need to be here, they better be there because if not, he's going to fool you. The Eagles do a good job of creating situations for him and creating passing lanes for him with the motion of the play and also about who you're threatening with. Putting Devontae Smith and, and Dallas Goddard and running some kind of pattern off that or with A.J. Brown. And that's where they are. That's where they can be dangerous because your eyes get caught over here and then they're going to slide right back here to somebody else. They're dangerous that way. But it's also on the zone read and the run pass options that they do with that as well. That's where Hertz is dangerous. It's not just zone read keeping, zone read keep, or then run, excuse me, then throw the ball. They've done that as well. So if your job is to take the dive guy, you take the dive guy. If your job is to take the quarterback, you take the quarterback. That's a that's always a key. It's a big key in this one. But I'm not just talking about those kind of situations as much as I am talking about the pass rush because the pass rush has to be disciplined. I'm going to give you a couple plays that happened here last year against Hurts, but also in the Vikings game Monday night where it's a prime example of what happens when you're when you are and when you're not disciplined with the pass rush. On the first one, we resulted in a 16-yard pass completion because the Vikings allowed a huge gap to open up on their left side. What happened was the left defensive end rushes to 10 yards depth, way too far. The right end rushes to 7 to 8 yards depth, proper proper depth. Then because of that, because the left end rushed so high, it, when the right end pushes Hurts, he pushes him right up into the opening, steps up, gets a completion, boom, 16 yards. But on the next play, the Vikings get a sack, four-man rush, but the, the key was the discipline rush. Both ends that time rushed to seven to eight yards depth. The same thing happened on the right end. He pinches them up. The left end is there. Hertz has to now step up, and the right end finishes the play with the sack. But it all, it all stems from being disciplined with your pass lanes, with your rush, not trying to do too much. Sometimes I saw some Vikings pass rushers spin doing some spin moves, and you wouldn't have a guy replace them. That's just suicide against a guy like Hurts. He's going to find that opening 
you can't do that. Last year, this team, um, this team did an okay job at sometimes doing it. But there was one, there were a couple of plays. I want to point this out. One time is Bunmi Rotimi, one time rushes to 10 yards depth. Again, too far. Opens up a spot right, and Hertz runs right up inside of him, gets about seven yards on a run. Not a huge play, but seven yards on a second and 13 was, you know, it's set up in a third and manageable. Another time in the red zone, the um, Washington rushed, they dropped Rotimi into coverage. So that means the tackle now has to slide out to the outside when he rushes. Well, he didn't do that. So then Hertz gets pushed up to that side, rolls outside, hits um, Goddard for 18 yards in the red zone, inside the five, setting up an easy touchdown. That, but it was all set up because of a lack of lack of discipline on the pass rush and not doing your job. You have to do that in this game if you want to slow down Jalen Hurts. And they have to work together when I think they've been better at that. I think with John Allen and Deron Payne, especially in Montez Sweat. But this is where losing that defensive line depth is going to take a hit because now you're going to be putting in some guys that haven't played as much and are what it, their familiarity with the guys around them, et cetera. You know, you're going to need Shaka Tony to probably play. The, where they loot, where they miss with Two Hill is that he's a more athletic defensive end than a James Smith Williams, for example. When you're facing a guy like Hurts, you need that. And Two Hill has the size. Shaka Tony has the athleticism, but he doesn't have the size to play against the run. He's a pass rusher. You can do some things with him in those situations that help. And I think they're going to need that on Sunday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers could bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. And if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KIME, K-E-I-M, to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code KIME, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Number two. Challenge the corners. You need to challenge Darius Slay and James Bradbury. And Slay is an excellent, excellent corner, and Bradbury has been a good corner. But Slay is excellent. I, just, you know, when you talk to guys today, he's an above-average corner. He's not Jalen Ramsey, but he's very, very good. But you have to. He's coming off a great game as well. And it's funny with the Eagles. The first game against the Lions, they played. Seemed to play a lot more off coverage last week. Maybe a little bit more aggressive. I don't know what they're going to get this week. You know, I think I think we can see probably a mix of that. I think you probably they're probably going to want to be more aggressive against Wentz, not because it's a former teammate, but because they feel like that may be a way to hurt him. Anyway, with Slay, 
Let's look at the first game last year when Washington played up in Philly, and it was Garrett Gilbert starting at quarterback. On the first on the first drive of the game, if you remember, they, Gilbert hits Terry McLaurin with a 49-yard pass at Slate. It was, you need to challenge him early down the field. If you can get a big play, that's obviously what you want because it does set up a, a better night. The thing was, there's a couple things with Slate that make him outstanding. One, his feet at the line. When he's impressed, he does a really good job of not opening up too early, and that allows him to maintain advantage and to cover the guys. And one, so a lot of times you see corners will open up too soon. They open their hips, and you're going to go whichever side, you know, they're, whichever he's opened up, the corner, the safety, or excuse me, the receiver is going to take advantage of that. He doesn't open up too soon. That's an advantage for him. The other thing with him is he's very, very smart. You can tell he spot, um, excuse me, studies a lot of film because of how he plays and what what receivers will say is that they know he eliminates certain routes before the snap because of that film study based on split, based on alignment, et cetera. So he's really able to do that. So test that a little bit. You know, there are times like when I watched that play again with McLaurin, I think he thought he was going to have an outbreaking route. And that's because he's probably thinking you're not, he's not going deep, not with Gilbert here, but he did. He challenged him out the field. Clearly with Wentz, you're going to expect something down the field. So he may be more paying attention to that. However, you need to challenge him with that. Very good corner. McLaurin's had some success with him. Challenge. Then the other one is with Bradbury. Bradbury is not a fast, fast corner. So what you need to do with him, and you saw this in the Detroit game in the opener, test him on those shallow crossers. Use that speed across the field to get him. That's where I think you can get him more. And, and certainly this team has the speed to do it at receiver, not just with, with McLaurin, but Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson. They have the ability to do that. I think this is an offense that can move the ball on Sunday, and I think they can have some really good success and keep this make this an interesting game. But if you're going to run in the corners, or if you're going to challenge the corners, you need to do it this way. And I think that would be good for them. And obviously, you want to run the ball. You want to listen. Ball control is great in any game when you have to face an explosive offense. Ball control is only good though if you're finishing with touchdowns and, and not just field goals or just using clock. Is that both teams can score in a hurry. Eagles can do that. And so if you are going to go ball control, if you can do that, that's ideal. We know that. Um, but you better finish with touchdowns against this team. And then the other thing with that, if you're doing that, and I know this is like a bunch of keys rolled into one, but if you can get a lead on this team, then it allows you to play that way. And then it also forces Hurts to play from behind. And something, now they did it twice last year against Washington, but this is a difficult team to play against when you're coming from behind because of the Eagles' ability to control the ball on the ground, not just with Hurts, but with Miles Sanders, and the action off of Hurts' ability to run makes it difficult. So there you go. Last one, mix it up. you got to mix it up. And I'm talking about defensively mixing up the coverages. That means playing some man. That means playing a lot of switching up your zones. That means being able to disguise different packages. I'm going to give you a little stat, a couple stats here. When Jalen Hurts faced a four-man rush against Washington last year, he completed 27 of 35 passes for 350 yards. When it was a six, excuse me, a five-man rush or more, 10 of 17 for a buck 60 with two sacks. Now, clearly, there are some big plays in there that he could make when it was when it was a, on a more aggressive rush. But also, they forced him into more mistakes, whether it's sacks or more incompletions. So keep that in mind. They know they know that playing man against Hurts can be dangerous because of his ability to run. But they know you have to do it on occasion. So look for that. The other thing, one of the things they did well in that second meeting 
was um, disguising coverages. And I think getting Cam Curl back here is a key. Very smart player, but you saw that last year. You could see Curl and McCain doing a really good job disguising is it cover two, cover three, single high, what was it? And their ability to do it last second, I think, was a good job. That's where I brought up the play with Rotimi earlier, earlier in this um, prediction stuff or in the keys. On that play, they did a nice job of causing Hurts to hesitate because of the last minute, the last second switch after the snap. But the rush did not hold up its end and it gave Hurts the out. But the coverage in the secondary did its job with how they disguised things. And by the way, with the coverage, you got to get better games from William Jackson and Kendall Fuller. You cannot give up these big plays and you need to have guys doing what they need to do. But it does have a big effect having curl back and you get a more true three safety look that they like. It's harder to get that when he's not in there, but he's a bigger safety that you can put in the box. He's smart. He's played there. And with he and Derek Forrest are slightly interchangeable in some ways. So when the three of them are in the field together, it gives you the ability to disguise better because who's going to be doing what? If it's Percy Butler and Forrest, they kind of know what's probably going to happen. Um, but with Forrest and Curl and McCain, there's a little bit more guesswork for a quarterback. So that's where it's going to be a big, big help to have him back. That's it. Those are my keys to the game. Now, time for a prediction. So, I do like the way Washington, I think, has responded throughout the week. This does seem to be a relaxed bunch. This is not a, bunch, a, a, a team that's panicking because they lost one game in Detroit. Um, the, under Ron Rivera, they have been a resilient team. I think that will continue. But my concern is, has this defense shown they can stop an offense like this? I don't think it has. And then you're taking away some of the defensive line depth. So I think it's going to be difficult. I do think this offense can can hang and at least hang for a while. Um, I do have Philadelphia winning 31-26. I do think it'll be a fun game. This is always kind of a weird rivalry. It wouldn't shock me if Washington wins because this is the NFL and this offense is a good offense. And all it takes is you make, like, look at those two games last year. They had a chance to win both of them. They could have, they should have won the second game here. And they had a chance in the first one because they created some early turnovers. That's going to be a key as well. This team needs to create turnovers and they haven't done it. But if they do that Sunday, then yeah, of course they can win. And then it would get this team back in a position where I think fans would be a little bit more excited than they were after Sunday. So there you go. That's it for me. I'll be back after the game to discuss what happened in the Eagles commanders game. And then also don't forget to check out Between the Hashes, my son Matthew's college football preview for the weekend. Always good stuff from Matthew. Check that out between the hashes on the Empire Media Network. I will talk to you after the game. So talk to you next time.